0: Sweet love for a lifetime. I'll be there when you need me. Just call and receive me. Sweet lady, would you be my sweet love for a lifetime? Hello, and welcome to another round of position rankings within the Cardinals organization. Uh, Today, we're going to go over the top five shortstops. In the Cardinals organization, I am Kyle Reese. I am your host, here for Birds on the Black and Prospects After Dark. Now, uh, this doesn't really have a preface. Uh, what I will say is, you know, I'm a big fan of that Yairo Munoz. And obviously, he's not on our list. But I think that there's some misconceptions about his ability to play defense. In the minor leagues, Gyro played quite a bit of time at short. Uh, And it never really looked good, and it was never really, like, the thing for him. Uh, And we saw that at the Major League level. And I think there might have been some misleading going on, whether it be by the Cardinals or the media uh, or whatever, whoever the hell, uh, about his defensive abilities. Now, I don't know if talking about it during the shortstop is the right way to do it. It, I, I just wanted to talk about Gyro and say that, he profiles best as a third baseman. He has an extremely strong arm. He's better when he doesn't have to think. Uh, he's weird out in the outfield. I don't know if everyone's like caught on to that, but he isn't exactly great in the outfield. Uh, but one thing I do not want to see out of Jairo Munoz moving forward is extended time at short or second base. Uh, unless he makes huge gains and huge strides, it's just not something that makes sense for me. And again, we're not even talking about the top five shortstops in the organization, I just wanted to address it right now. And I know that seems like a hateful thing to say about Jairo Munoz. I don't mean it like that. Uh, just being realistic, you know. Again, he might end up peaking. He might end up doing some pretty crazy or incredible stuff. But, I, uh, man, I just think third base or bust with him and the outfield uh, if, if things get extremely weird. But I just wanted to do address that right now. Number one on our list, Uh, number one and two are kind of interchangeable parts here. I went with my personal preference at number one instead of number two. Number one is switch hitter Tommy Edmond. Now, Tommy Edmond spent half of the year at AA and half of the year at AAA. Uh, He spent half of 2017 at Palm Beach. Well, actually, a third of the season at Peoria, a third of the season at Palm Beach, and a third of the season at Springfield. I bring all that up because Tommy Edmond is a really good hitter. Who in 2017 was exposed to pitching that he wasn't ready for at Springfield, and he held his own. So what we ended up seeing in 2018 uh, is kind of a continuation at the beginning of the year of him holding his own at Springfield, but then at the end of his time at Springfield and his transition into Memphis, this shortstop who became a utility player throughout the entire throughout the year, uh, really became just an extremely difficult out. With modest doubles power and light home run power, but with a really great bat and, and all-fields hit ability. I like Tommy uh, Tommy Edmond quite a bit. Again, he's not going to thrill you with power. He's not going to do anything amazing. Uh, but he's a pretty solid shortstop with pretty average range uh, for a major leaguer, not for a minor leaguer. Uh, an average arm for a major leaguer. And uh, he's just kind of like an average player. His WRC Plus in 2018 at both AA and AAA was 108. You know, that's Tommy Edmond. He's a little bit above a league average utility player who can hit from both sides of the plate. Does a little something different. On the left side, there's a little bit more power. And on the right side, there's a little bit more average. Uh, But with a 340 on base percentage, he makes good contact, walks enough, Strikes out to the appropriate level, which is to say, not too much. Uh, Tommy Edmond has a chance to be a very good utility player for the St. Louis Cardinals with a left-handed stick moving forward. Uh, he made a bunch of errors at short at shortstop. Not like uh, it's not something I'm worried about right now at all. Um, it could be worrisome if he doesn't continue to to clean that up, but I think he will. He's a smart kid uh, with the drive that you look for. Uh, he probably profiles best at second base if he had to play it on an everyday basis. Uh and his abilities at third base are still kind of foreign to me. I still don't exactly know how to take those. I want to see more. Uh I, I don't know exactly what I said in the article, but I just I know right now as I speak to you via this fancy little device that I want to see more at third. Uh I would expect to see Tommy Edmund in twenty nineteen. <laughs> Number two on our list is Edmundo Sosa. Now, Edmundo Sosa is one of the few players that we'll cover that made a major league debut. Uh, He played three games, had three played appearances for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2018. But uh, just like with Tommy Edmund, Edmundo Sosa spent the 2018 season uh, as a utility player, played primarily shortstop, just like Edmund did, played a little second, played a little third. Now, uh, Edmund and Sosa are a juxtaposition. Sosa's a better third baseman, and probably a better... he's probably. He's a better third baseman than Edmund is, uh, but he's probably just a flashier fielder in general. Like, Tommy Edmund will make a spectacular play, but it's pretty solid where there's an athleticism factor that Edmundo Sosa possesses that Tommy Edmund just doesn't. So, uh, like, think of it that way. Sosa is more of an athlete where Edmund is more of a, a polished package now, the one really interesting thing about Emundo Sosa is he spent the end of the 2017 in the Arizona Fall League, his time in the Arizona Fall League between 2017 and 2018, changing his swing, uh, incorporating a little bit more of a leg kick, uh, trying to lift the ball a little bit more, but really working on his bat speed. And by the end of the year, you really saw his bat speed improve. Uh, that's important for him because he doesn't necessarily have like the most power, and he isn't the biggest athlete and there's times at the plate where he's indecisive. So, if he has a little bit of bat speed to kind of uh, compensate for his lack of decisiveness, then that's when he's effective. And in the gift that I put in the article, you're going to want to take an eye on that. You'll see he was beat by a fastball. I uh, was probably sitting breaking pitch and just dropped the bat head and put the thing in the opposite field. Uh, you know, took the thing to the opposite field. And that's the kind of impressive hitting that we're going to need to see out of him. At triple A this year and over 200 at bats. He had a 260 average with a 320 on on-base percentage. Uh, truth be told, like that is probably peak Edmundo Sosa at the major leagues. Uh, 20% K rate, 6% walk rate, like that's Edmundo Sosa. The question is, where's the power, and what's it going to look like at the next level? Uh, in 2018, he hit 12 home runs and 30 doubles, and I'll be honest, like that double power is, is there. The speed is there for those kind of, that amount of doubles. Pretty solid amount of triples, too, uh, in his frame. I don't know how many he had in 2018. Sorry about that. Uh, He was a sub-100 WRC player in 2018. Uh, He's a league average run creator. Uh, And that's Edmundo Sosa. Expect to see quite a bit of him because he's on the 40-man roster where Tommy Edmund is not. Uh, Expect to see uh, Edmundo Sosa at parts of the 2018 season. Number three on our list is Delvin. Delvin. Delvin Perez, 20 year old Delvin Perez. Now, look, here's the deal. His stat line at State College is disappointing. And it's sad, actually. I thought that we might be entering the time uh, uh, of Delvin's career. Uh, I'm sorry, as I t- spell check something. Um, I thought we were entering the point in Delvin's career where he was going to bust out. And I'll be honest, at the beginning of his time at State College in 2018, it looked like Delvin might bust out. His defense had gotten quite a bit better. His hustle on the diamond had gotten extremely better. Uh, And his bat, while not hitting for much in the way of slug, was making solid contact. He wasn't striking out too much. Uh, And he was getting on base really, really well. Like, uh, it was... Over his first, like, 130 plate appearances, 150 plate appearances, he hit 260 with a 353 on base percentage. Not a whole lot of slug there, but he was doing his thing. And I was happy with that. But then August came around, and Delvin's entire life just, like, collapsed around him. Uh, He ended up hitting one-something in August. It was atrocious. Uh, Didn't get on base very much. And his defense started to, like, crumble a little bit. I would imagine that was a, a... symptom, uh, a byproduct of the struggle he had at the plate and just trying to press. But the one thing I'll say about Delvin in 2018 is he never stopped hustling on the field. And that's a big positive, because that isn't something that we could say about Delvin, you know, just a year ago. Uh, Hell, just, you know, 10 months ago. Uh, So that's good. It's a step in the right direction. But here's the deal. Delvin is going to start the year at Peoria more than likely, and it's time for him to, what they say in... uh, uh, Zombie land. It's time to nut up or shut up for Delvin Perez. Uh, so the other thing about Delvin, too, before we move on to number four, is that Delvin needs to put on weight. You know, he needs to put on bulk. And I'm not just talking about, like, lean muscle mass, you know, where he's cut like he likes to be. He needs to put on bulk. Uh, or else, there's going to be time. I mean, there's times when he swings a bat and he makes contact where it looks like the ball jars him. You know, like, if it were a meme or a gif, the bat would fall out of his hand. Like... That's just like the lack of strength that he has. He needs to get stronger. He needs to get bulkier. Not, you know, not even like muscular. He just needs to get bulkier. Number four on our list 24 year old, uh, former fourth round pick out of LSU, Kramer Robertson. Uh, so here's the deal with Kramer Robinson he has a, 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 an athletic lineage. Here, I'm surprised by how many people ask me about Kramer Robertson. I'm not exactly sure why it happens or how it happens. Just there are... He has, like, a cult following among Cardinal fans who follow the minor leagues. It's really interesting. It's really worth keeping an eye on. Uh, With Kramer, just like... With Delvin, he has uh, a reasonable amount of speed. You can see it. He's a hustler. He dives for whatever he has to dive for. He stays in front of every baseball he can. Like he's a shortstop in the, in that regard, where you know nothing's gonna get by him that he can get to, uh, and you're gonna be surprised by some of the stuff that he can get to. But the issue with with Kramer is that his arm lacks strength. It's probably minor league average for an A level. Which means it'll be below average moving forward at the minor league level. But it did make progress in 2018. It looked stronger during parts of 2018 than it did at any time in his collegiate career or at the lower levels uh, leading up, you know, his half season, rather, uh, last year after being drafted. So that's a positive. You just got to hope that that keeps trending in the right direction, and it can. Uh, Kramer won't be outworked. He had an amazing August in which he hit 300 with above. 400 on base percentage. Nothing in the way of slug. There is very little slug in his game, too. That's that's kind of what makes Edmundo Sosa pretty amazing in this group. Pretty important, too, is that Edmundo Sosa can hit for a little bit of pop, whether that be doubles power or home run power. None of the other guys on this list have exhibited that yet. Uh, that would be something that I would ask Kramer Robertson to uh, get better at. Kramer's a lot like Delvin. And a lot of like uh, uh, Genesis Cabrera, where the two like those guys just don't have much in the way of a waist or a lower half. They're just skinny. They need to bulk up a little bit, and I'm sure Kramer's working on it. But it's something that needs to happen for him moving forward. Uh, 297, 418 on base, 297 average with a 419 on base percentage, 14 on base percentage is awesome and everything. But if you're not hitting for much slug, like that's probably an indication that your world will come crashing down pretty quick. I do love him as a fielder, though. I just wish his arm would get a little stronger. More than likely, he's a second baseman moving forward. Number five on our list is Edwin Figuera. Now, shout out to my good friend, uh, Colin Gardner, who writes for Cardinals Conclave, formerly of uh, uh, Redbird Daily and who I do prospects to be named later with the podcast. Uh, Colin is a big fan of Edwin Figuera. Now, Figuera got off to a great start with Peoria, played 20-something games for them, 20 games for them. And uh, then he got hurt, and he missed quite a bit of time. And then when the season fired up, the short season, uh, state college season fired up, Figueroa was put on that roster when he was finally healthy, and he stayed there. Now, Figueroa is a really good defensive shortstop at the minor league level. Uh, He checks all of the boxes that you would want a shortstop to check. And he showed that at Peoria, but then when he started at State College, they moved him to more of a utility role, and he excelled in the utility role. So that tells me that Figueroa is probably a pretty solid fielder. Uh, He has really great footwork. Like I think that's what I appreciate the most about him. He's good range, good arm strength, all that stuff. But you can tell that like he anticipates well and has really good footwork at short. The deal with Figueroa, just like with everyone else on this list, is there isn't anything in the the way of slug, uh, except for Sosa, that is. He gets on base at a decent clip. Uh, it, it wasn't great, uh, you know, but it was good. 360, you know, in that area, 350, 360 area at the minor in the minor league level, he'll hit 280 at the minor league level moving forward more than likely. It's just without the slug, uh, it, it makes it really interesting. Now, Figueroa, like Kramer Robertson, is going to get a handful of infield hits. Then maybe some of the other guys on the list will not. Uh, Figueroa's game is built on speed. And you see that like doubles, triples, he's gonna have an interesting amount of those. Like I would imagine that his extra base totals in the 30s, uh, with 20 something doubles and you know five triples moving forward at the minor league level, more than likely Figueroa is just an organizational depth piece. Uh, if you're if you're betting on things like that, but with a little bit of improved health, he might have spent all the year as an effective member of the Peoria lineup. I could see that, and we could be talking about him making a big jump as an interesting 21-year-old who can actually play shortstop. Uh, 2019 is a good—it'll be a good gauging year for for Figuera. Again, if you talk about, like, being a fan of a player, uh, other than my buddy Callan Gardner, Gardner, I, am too, am a big fan of Edwin Figuera. Getting to the next man up, there isn't much in the way of, like, organizational depth to small Jose Martinez, who was traded for Tony Cruz— Uh, We give you a a hat tip. There's some other players who play the position, but I'm going to get right into my next man up, which is more my next boy up, 18-year-old Mateo Gill. Mateo Gill is the son of former Major League catcher Benji Gill. Uh, I think he was a catcher, unless I'm screwing that up. Uh, He's the son of former Major Leaguer Benji Gill. Now, Mateo was drafted by the St. Louis Cardinals in uh, uh, the third round of the 2018 draft. And when he was drafted, he was uh, like a slash athlete. He was part middle infielder, part relief pitcher, part relief pitcher, part right-handed pitcher. And a lot of people thought that there was a chance that he was going to end up pitching for the Cardinals in the long run. Uh, As a matter of fact, probably end up pitching for the Cardinals uh, uh, right out of being drafted. But the Cardinals made the wise, smart decision to utilize him as a middle infielder, and it paid off at the Gulf Coast level for this 18-year-old. Uh, he has the athleticism to build on. Like One of the players that I was hoping the Cardinals would think about selecting with the 19th overall pick in the 2018 draft was Bryce Turing. Bryce Turing was a left-handed swinging uh, shortstop who would stick at shortstop, a little bit more Pete Cosma than anything. Well, I think that as a third-round pick, Mateo Gill fits the mold of Bryce Turing, Uh with, you know, leaving a little bit more to be desired. He doesn't have that ceiling, and he doesn't have, like, the raw polish. But... Gill is a really good GCL level shortstop with interesting quick twitch abilities and athleticism. And I'm anxious to see if he can stick at the position moving forward. If not, he's got good size. He might be able to move to third. Uh, The question will be then what happens with the power. But Mateo Gill had a pretty solid turn in the Gulf Coast League. At the plate, he at 250 with a 340 on base percentage. He has an interesting amount of patience in his at bat. In his bat, uh, he struck out 26 percent of the time, walked about 10. Gives you kind of an idea of the player he is with very little slug. But I believe that there's slug to be had in that bat, and I believe that there's weight to be put on that frame. And I think he'll put it on. The one thing you can bet on, and we've heard, I've read countless articles, is that he understands, and his father has like subjugated him to the understanding of what it's going to take to be a major leaguer and the work ethic. And he seems committed to that. And I would imagine that his father will impart on him that uh, you need to get bigger. You need to put on more weight. And I would imagine that he does it. It's just a matter of how that all goes. Uh, for 2019, you know, we went over our, our second baseman yesterday, and I talked about Donovan Williams. Uh, I would say that, like, my hope for Matteo Gill is he spent some time in the Johnson at Johnson City and impresses. And has kind of a full season of what we saw out of the first half of season of Donovan Williams. I wouldn't be surprised if his 2019 looks a lot like the 2018 Donovan Williams season. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. What I know with Mateo Gill is that at times he threw a mid 90s fastball in the uh, tournament circuit in high school. And at the very least, Mateo Gill has a fallback as a pitching option moving forward if the bat and glove don't work out. But I got to tell you, I think the bat and glove are going to work out, and I think this time next year we're going to be talking about Matteo Gill as a breakout prospect. Uh, that would be it for our top five shortstops in the organization. I uh, want to thank everyone for tuning in and and, and listening and uh, giving me your feedback. Again, I love feedback. Give it to me at KYLER416 on Twitter or KYLER416 at yahoo.com if you'd rather email me, hit my direct messages up. I love talking about this stuff with you guys. Please do it uh, at your leisure. Tomorrow, we'll be back with the third baseman. We'll wrap up our countdown with probably the deepest of the position player uh, uh, groups that isn't outfield just based on nature, uh, uh, the nature of the position and the sheer numbers. Uh, I'm anxious to talk about the third baseman. There, you guys ask about the third baseman more than any other group, and I think you're going to love that group uh, a- as well. Uh, so hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. Again, we did second baseman. We're, round, we're rounding out our countdown. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. For everybody at Birds on the Black, everybody at Prospects After Dark, I am Kyle Reese. If you watch us, you are part of the resistance, and happy hunting.